What's up, everybody? This is Mike Russo, Gungo Podcast. What's going on? It's Friday night. Fucking cold and sick. Two days in a row. Not because I want to, because I really, really am sick. You got to bear with me. I got a little bit of a strep throat. So uh, my voice is going to be a little off tonight. Motherfucker, I'm already losing it a little bit, which is fucked up. Because I got a great guest with me uh, joining me in a couple seconds. But I wanted to just... I wanted to start before I got him on just to say thank you for everyone who listens and supports the show and every, all the other shows that give me shouts every week. You know, I always really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I forget to spread the love back. But you guys know who you are. And um, I don't really even have to say your names. You know who you are. All right, let me call my man Rob. Talk about movies, music, politics, race, and religion. Live from New York, it's the Growing Up, Not Growing Old Podcast. What's up, man? Hey, Rob, it's Mike Russo. Welcome to the Growing Up, Not Growing Old Podcast. How you doing? Hi, right, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's my my pleasure, man. Well, let me. I just gotta. I think I gotta turn. Can you turn yourself up over there, or or you, or or how's that work? Uh, let me figure this out, or I might have you call me back on my cell phone. Okay, because uh, you're coming in kind of low, and I, I never used it on an iPad before, so I don't know how that works. Yeah, my, my computer's a little funky. Um, I'm too lazy to get <laughs> virus that's in there. Uh, I, I just, uh, I work on other people's computers and it kind of gets sick after a while. Let uh, me you see. You know what? Call you back on my phone. Okay, you have um, you have earbuds? Uh, it should be fine on the phone. I'm okay, gonna... sounds good. Here, man. Oh, wait a minute, hold on a second. You know what? Uh, you know, I think you you're you're gonna be all right with what you got, cause the people on the on the website they're saying they hear you good. So, all right, that's maybe cool. I gotta turn my headphones up. No, it should be all right. I got the mic. I mean, I'm like right by it. Okay, cool. Um, as you can tell, my voice is a little strained right now. <laughs> I gotta apologize. <laughs> all right, so let me um. Let me take you back to 1988. Yes. All right. I'm in sixth grade, and <laughs> I'm what you would call, or at least back then, you would call me a, a burnout. Hmm. Um, you know, back in junior high, you would have labels, burnout, fucking Guido, this, that, jock. Um, but I was what you would call a burnout. And I would listen to a lot of metal, so you'd see me in the halls with a Slayer shirt or a Venom patch or whatnot. So, you know, the other kids see this, and one day some kid comes out to me. Uh, he was like, yo, do you have any Circle Jerks tapes? <laughs> I'm like, Circle Jerks? No, but my brother does. 
I remember my brother's my brother had a Circle Jerks cassette. And I was like, and this kid said, you know, if you bring me a Circle Jerks cassette, I'll give you something. All right, sounds like a deal. I don't know what he's going to give me, but we'll do it. So I went to my brother's shit and I fucking straight up boosted his Circle Jerks tape. Didn't tell him, just took it. All right, so I go back to school the next day and I go up to this kid. His name is Danny. I was like, Danny, I got your Circle Jerks tape. He said, okay, here, I'll give you this. And he handed me the cassette, Where the Wild Things Are, New York Hardcore. And then everything was different from then on in. Of course, that is the legendary cassette, New York Hardcore compilation, including Norman Bates and the Showerheads. Biscuit, Rodeal. Yeah, life's blood, breakdown. That's where everything changed for us, really. Oh, Oh, really? That's awesome. It was, uh, believe it or not, we started in 1984. Our sad little feet were on the stage at CGB's playing in front of Hilly, just like the freaking movie. You know? Yeah. And you had to pass your audition. And we did good. And back then, believe it or not, I wasn't in the band. And the guitarist decided that was his last show. And I knew Jim from work. He says, you play guitar? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you want to be in my band? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like a difficult question. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's kind of funny because the original guitarist later came back because he's our drummer. <laughs> wow. Okay. It was only a couple years we've kind of floundered around with our original drummer. He was, I mean, we were all drunks. Well, at least I was. Yeah. And I was also a burnout, by the way. That's classification. Awesome. Definitely. And, um, you know, once once we got rid of our original drummer, um, he was more drum corps military style. I came in with a metalhead background. I was into Venom, I was playing ACDC, Judas Priest on my guitar, you know, I was I was like, you know, I got Kill em All when it first came out. I saw, you know, Metallica the night they got signed to Elektra when Ride the Lightning came out. I bought the freaking record right out of Laurel's, Laurel's Ulrich's hands, out of the trunk of a beat up car. Wow, that's some history right there. Funny because... What I brought to the band was the metal edge, and what uh, Baez, our drummer, brought was also phenomenal drummer, man. Let me tell you, and with with my playing style and my writing style, we kind of, you know, when I met Jim and Jay, they were listening to the Ramones, they were listening to the Clash, you know, they had no, there was, there was, it was there, but it wasn't there yet. So we, we basically floundered around, you know, doing local shows till, you know, Mike Buys uh, basically came back in the band. And that's when everything hit. I mean, I, I was I was coming out with like thick, like metal riffs that we kind of just melded into our, as you guys call it, our bouncy, <laughs> our bouncy uh, sound. The bouncy sound. That's that. I love that. That bouncy sound. Yeah. Mike, you know, uh, we call him Buys. It's a nickname. And um, I guess everyone in Queens Village had to have a nickname. And um, 
that's when things started happening because we were actually on two other compilations before the hardcore compilation. And I think our only, the biggest problem with Norman Bates and the Showerheads and the hardcore scene was that we had long hair and beards. <laughs> yeah, right. That was, um, I remember looking in the back of the cassette. I was like, you know, these guys don't look like the uh, of your cassette. By the way, this is Rob Schiffman, guitarist for Norman Bates and the Showerheads. Um, yeah, you guys looked more like metalheads. Yeah, and you know what? I got to introduce them to the finer points of metal, and they introduced me to the Dead Kennedys, Charge GBH, Circle Jerks. These were bands I never knew existed. And me, uh, my guitar style, I totally took to the hardcore punk style, but I always kept my metal edge, you know? Mm. It was fast and furious all at once, you know? Yeah. Write these long ballads with like 12 different guitar parts. I wanted, you know, like like we did. We got our point out there. You know, Jim and Jay were great um, songwriters. I mean, we all were. Uh, we all wrote. We all sang. Our drummer never sang, but he could sing. Um you know, I know you mentioned in your, your previous uh, uh, podcast that, you know, three singers. Yeah, we had three singers. Fucking love that, yeah. Is unique. You know, I had my songs. I did backgrounds. You know, uh, one of the last shows we played, I picked up a lot of the songs that I never sang. You know? And, yeah, uh, and that's one of the things also is that when I um, see after I got that New York Hardcore Where the Wild Things Are compilation, I went out and tried to get every one of those bands' cassettes after that, and then when I heard the Norman Bates and the Showerheads, I, w I was kind of blown away by the fact that there was multiple singers, and it still worked. Like, nobody was out of place, kind of. It was really good. We had our own songs, you know? Mm. And, and every song was... You know, we thought about and sounded better if Jay sang, sounded better if Jim sang. And, um, you know, my one song, Woody Wood, one I wrote, they're like, why don't you sing it? I'm like, All right, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I couldn't imagine anyone else singing that song, by the way. You know, oh, that is your song. Oh, what it's about, right? You know what? Is it about dust? Yes, sir. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Biggest fucking dust <laughs> back in the day. Oh, the old days. Call me little uh, sawdust. If he sawdust, he smoked dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. That's why I fall into the burnout zone. <laughs> That's great. That's fucking hilarious. Wrote it about my, uh, you know, my, my years of smoking that stuff. And believe it or not, you know, it's kind of funny because when I joined the band and I would say it was, it was, you know, early 85 when we did our first show. So it had to be 84, you know, late 84. And when I joined the band, instead of going the route of most musicians and getting really like screwed up on drugs, I actually stopped everything. And then I found alcohol, but that's another story. <laughs> Oh, alcohol is a cruel one. She'll, uh, she'll get you every time. 
uh, charge GBH alcohol. I love you in my veins. <laughs> yeah, I was actually um I did a podcast with a friend of mine the other day and um I was saying how I saw GBH live once and they were fucking awesome and he was telling me they sucked. Have you seen them live like multiple times at all? Never seen them live, unfortunately. When I got into the punk rock scene, um I I I didn't go to a lot of shows. You know, I kind of straightened my ass out, and it's kind of sad. I I really missed out on a lot. I saw a lot of Ramon shows. I've seen the Bad Brains, you know, God, so many times, you know. And, you know, they would do it selective shows, but I, I never heard of a GBH show that I that was able to go to and actually see, no. I actually saw them with um, the Circle Jerks in Roseland, and actually, I think I found out about that show the same way I found that about I found that about that um, what the fuck's the name of that place? The place where we saw you guys that first time years ago. <sighs> what was it? Did I get you? Did I lose you? Hey, you there? Hello. All right, I got. I lost you for a second. Don Hill. Um, Don Hills. Yeah, I was looking in the paper and I saw GBH Circle. Now I'm not a big Circle Jerks fan, but GBH that fucking City Baby Attack by Rats album is is brilliant. So me and my friend Yvonne went to go check him out at Roseland, and as we're walking in, I heard the ticking. Fucking time bomb came on. It was fucking great so for me it was a great experience yeah you got that uh version i sent you right which one the bottle i sent you no i don't i go well, i got the live stuff did you, did you do a cover on there i have a studio version that was never released i couldn't get the rights from jim croce's wife she never answered me. I wanted to release it. I wanted to do it all on the up and up. I wanted to pay her royalties. Maybe she would have liked it and said, just release it. She never answered me, so we didn't release it. What was the name of the song that you cut out there for a second? Uh, Time in a Bottle. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Um, uh, you sent my brother everything, and then he gave, he gave it to me. Right, right, but that's not up there. Oh, it's not with that stuff? I, I recently got it. Unfortunately, today is six years since Jay passed away, our bass player. He had a uh, piece of plaque break off of one of his arteries and shoot through his heart. It was right after Super Bowl Sunday. They didn't find him. We figure he died on the 12th or 13th. They didn't find him till the weekend. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, say Wednesday. They didn't find him till like Saturday. Oh, and shit. Yeah, and it's it's been over three years since Jim died, and he it's been he that died, long already. Died of lung cancer, which brings me to something you said on your podcast, Marlboro Man. Yeah, ironic. We're singing a song, you know that uh, about like so anti-smoking, right? And we're all smokers. Yeah, you know, it, it's because. A friend of ours, Whitey, wrote it as a poem, and we took his lyrics and put it to music. Is that and right? He, 
did not smoke. And he sat there and watched us all puffing away. And he wrote Marlboro. <laughs> too good not to be a song. Wow, so, that's that that's one hell of a story, man. Fuck. And yeah, you know, it, it really sucks. And you know, it's just it's just Mike and myself, Mike Buys. Um well, Mike Marquez is his real name. We call him Baizo, it's his his nickname. Right. And stuff that are left. And, you know, it's funny, I, I kinda heard a rumor tonight that uh you know there, there might be something going on in December coming up that uh Mike and I wanna try to see if we could get something together and perform the music of Norman Bates and the Shallowheads. I'll be very excited about that. I got to talk to some of my Queens hardcore guys that I have in my pocket, you know, my good friends, people who've sure. always and see who's available. I need a guitarist. I need a singer. Well, and, the uh, the guys who performed at uh, the the gym memorial did a great job. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to No Redeeming Social Value. Great friends of ours. Those guys were little kids looking through the window watching us practice in our drummer's basement. And they were like, we could do this stuff. And apparently they did. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. Great friends. And also Endangered Feces. Give a shout out to those brothers. And of oh, course, yeah. violence. You know? But we're looking more... Uh, if If it happens, December... Uh, more of just like a, a straight lineup, no changes, no memorial stuff. Get some a uh, couple people to just take up the slack. It's never going to be the Jim and Jay singing. Sure, it'll definitely be the music of the showerheads. You know what I'm saying? You get two showerheads, it's like half price. <laughs> yeah, you know we'll be there. You can count on that, <laughs> guys. Man, you guys have you know since I met you guys. You've always been good people, like brothers to me. And, you know, I I don't ever claim to be someone I'm not. I'm just Rob. You know, it's, it's all I ever wanted to be, and it's all I ever actually try to be. And yeah, that's why we love you, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. You guys have always been good as gold, man. And, and I was going to see Mike play. My car died. Anthony. <laughs> Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, Anthony play. I, I was so excited. My car dies on the BQE two weeks later, and I, I actually it was it was going to be like three grand. My computer oh, went. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, I got it online. Supposedly it's going to be plug and play. I'm praying. I'm not a praying guy, uh, but uh, <laughs> but I'll make an exception this time. <laughs> Jewish. I'm crossing myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And uh, I'm not really Jewish either. I'm an American, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. And, I, I, and you know what pisses me off? I still have those two New York hardcore albums sitting here for you two guys. <laughs> oh, man, you know what's fucked up? I just I just received, uh, not received, I bought my girlfriend a record player for her birthday because she likes horror soundtracks. So I can actually play the fucking thing. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. There's a 50, 50 chance you're going to get it on colored vinyl. They're unopened. He gave me a stack and he told me these are colored vinyl and these are just, you know, black vinyl. 
and of course, me being drunk, we played Awkward Thought uh, out in Yonkers. Uh, John Franco, great friend, man. I was at that show, too. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. I think we definitely hung out, didn't we? I was. It was me and my ex-girlfriend. I'm not, I'm not sure. I think I kind of laid low that, that night. But that vinyl was in the merch area, and I was definitely eyeballing it. I almost bought it that night without even having a player. I, it's a re-release, but it's a great album. I, I got I got copies for you guys, so don't sweat that. Yeah, that's the one that started it all for me. Hey, Rob, check this out. I'm going to stop the recording for a second because one of my programs crashed. I'm going to have to call you back in two seconds, all right? Yep. Yes. All right, so um, I was telling a story how um, I was introduced to your band, and that that album actually brought me into hardcore altogether, and I kind of never went back to metal after that. Not saying that, you know, metal stinks or anything. I just went, you, you go from, like, listening to Venom, talking about Satan, and then you start listening to some real stuff. It, you know, it's kind of hard to go back. But you guys also had, like, a sense of humor about you, which was great. Yeah, we, you know, we never took things, you know, we were all just four guys, you know, as, as Jay said on our, our, uh, you know, our, our review of, of what we really were, um, we were just a bunch of ham fisted guys from Queens and ham fisted. <laughs> Is that the right terminology? Uh, huh? Is that the right terminology? Ham fisted? Like you got big ham hands, you know. Like <laughs> I don't know what he meant. I've never heard that before. Ham fisted. Yeah, yeah, just it's it's on the website. I don't even know if the website's still up. I got to check that. Uh, but um, although I I do have, if people go to the website and go to the media, there is the whole live NYU show uh, that we played. Uh, Johnny Stiff, great guy. Crucial Chaos used to be. Everybody played on that live on WNYU radio. Yeah, they actually released a CD of all those bands. It's a double CD. Wow, I'm still in touch with Johnny. He's a great guy, man. He always he always took care of us. Another shout out to a good friend, George Tab, formerly of False Prophets, uh, formerly of Furious George, Iron Prostate, Iron and Prostate. He definitely was a big supporter and and because of him we played CBGB's every Christmas Eve. For, Fun. That's that sounds like a hell of a good time, man. Dude, we were the only band that didn't play a Christmas song. <laughs> 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 they were always like Jim's like, I wanna learn Father Christmas. I'm like, I ain't playing a Christmas song. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I could curse, right? What? Hell yeah. You can fucking say whatever you want, man friendly <laughs> and uh yeah we would just go into you know our, our usual routine like no spaces between songs <laughs> nice just one into the other into the other take a breath all right another three yeah another three. one into another yeah i love that there's something to be said about that yeah yeah we actually uh we did a lot of toy tours you know we did we did a few shows with the ramones i actually we did a show in maryland and you know, they gave us a case of beer, and they gave us a case of soda. Fuck the soda. Yeah, well, that's strange, huh? Yeah. 
So I get this brilliant idea. I'm going to sneak into the Ramones dressing room and take their beer because they don't drink beer. I get busted by Monty Melnick, who is their manager. <laughs> what a name, Monty Melnick. Wow. He gave me the Jewish mother friggin' like... Uh, the curse? Oh, he was so disappointed with me. He's like, Rob, their pants are in there, their wallets are in there, their their money's in there. I'm like, Monty, I'm only taking beer. I said, you know me. And, you know, I used a, a Jewish, uh, Yiddish term, which is actually German from mensch, which means a good person, you know, like an upstanding guy. And he was just like so disappointed. Next thing you know, our manager is freaking running up to me. What the fuck did you do? Oh, I can't believe it. You blew everything. And... I just went to Monty and I said, listen, Monty, you know me. You know me as a good person. I said, I would never touch their stuff, but I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how else to explain to him. And we wound up doing a bunch more shows with them. It was the truth, wasn't it? It all kind of mulled over, you know, but I felt so bad, you know. (laughs) It's all right. They weren't going to use it. Yeah, that's true. He knew that, <laughs> that, but you know, dressing rooms like sacred. You know, not not that ours was. People were coming in and stealing our beers. You know. Oh wait a minute. So I don't know anything about that world. So dressing rooms are kind of like, uh, um, are, are like you said, are there sacred areas? Like you have to really get permission to go in there and everything. Well, technically, when you're on tour with a band like the Ramones, or you know, any any you know, all right. Bigger name bands, you know, uh, freaking Metallica. You couldn't, you can't walk in their dressing room, even if you're backstage. You could go in there, but when it's unattended and they're on stage playing, <laughs> that's the problem. Right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I can see that. Around for beers. <laughs> the Ramones. How are those guys? They are all right. Uh. Well. Uh oh. A well. Whenever there's a well before a sentence, something's something's going wrong. Johnny was friggin' unless you wanted to talk about the Yankees, he didn't want anything to do with you. If you said Johnny, you're a great guitarist, he'd walk away from you. He didn't give a shit. It was his band. It was Johnny's band. Right. Uh Joey was, you know, rock and roll star. He seemed to be kind of shy, introverted really wouldn't talk to people. I was actually at the Ritz and I, I sat down just real quick. The Dickies were warming up and uh, we knew Stan Lee, you know, we knew uh, fucking Leonard. So we went down and you know, we were backstage. I sat at this reserve seat and uh, friggin' I'm like sitting there, like my head's being held up by my bottle of beer. I'm like so... Mm. And Johnny and Joey sit in front of me. And this girl scoots up next to me, and I look, and it's freaking Deborah Harry. Wow. I, I look at her, and I said, I should go. And she's like, no, stay. <laughs> <laughs> and she was really cool, man. She was mad cool. I was just too drunk to fucking do anything. Do you remember? Was she, like, really good-looking in person? Oh. Yeah, this is 80s, dude. She was beautiful, huh? Yeah, she was. And she was sweet. She was really nice. 
you know, I talked to her for a bit. I have no idea what the hell I said. <laughs> <laughs> they, there's that alcoholic thing again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny because, um, you know, Didi, Didi was was aces, man. Just don't ever talk to him when he's eating because he spits food all over you. Oh, shit. On purpose or he's just one of those, those uh, kind of eaters? Bad eaters. Yeah. Well, God rest his soul. Um, he was just one of those bad eaters. I actually, I got to find it. There's a picture of me with him walking away after he spitted pizza spit <laughs> all over me. And I have my hands up in the air like, what the fuck was that? And he's walking away smiling like he did it. <laughs> I was, um, I used to uh, hang out with this girl. She was, well, I didn't hang out with her. I worked with her. And she was beautiful. She was like half Puerto Rican and half, oh no, she was half Colombian. And, no, no, I'm getting her mixed up. She was full Colombian, but she had like a the Jennifer Lopez like ass. She was pretty. She had a nice personality. So I asked her out to lunch on the lunch break. So we're at you know Applebee's or one of these barn grills, and she's eating a salad. And I noticed somehow she's got food all over her fucking face. Like in her eyelashes, in her hair, in her, in her, and around her mouth. So I know how you, how some people can be bad eaters. Oh yeah, it ruined her for me too. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's a true phobia, man. That that really is. Look it up online. What it's people who eat improperly and other people getting sick from it. Yeah, I'm oh. sure, because she had a piece of lettuce on her eyelash. I was like, whoa, that's fucking, that's bad. I almost fucking ran away. Ugh, I don't blame you. <laughs> you know, on this on this podcast, I don't really like to do interviews. I like to just hang out. But I feel like I should ask you some questions or, yeah. or do like an interview style at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, Let's take it back. Let's, let's go way back. Like, how... I know you said how you got into the band and, and you brought in the metal. These guys brought into the punk influence. Right. Let's get back to like, um, not how it all started, but we know how it got started, but how like, how the, the songs came together or, or like your first show maybe, um, audience reaction, um, interesting um, uh, uh, tour stories. You know, take it back a little bit for me. Okay, it was back in the 80s, okay? There used to be a place called the Lismar Lounge. I think it was on 3rd Avenue. It was right around the block from a uh, a motorcycle club. And they were, they were all over the bar. Uh, okay. And we were about to do a show, and once again, my, my alcoholic tendency. And uh, I'm a lot better, by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm still drinking. There's no redeeming value. No redeeming value with that. We get on stage. I strap my Gibson on, and I proceed to black out and fall backwards and knock the whole drum set over. Oh, that's that's what they call the Jim Morrison. He did that back in the day. And next thing you know, they're picking me up. They're setting drums back up, and from that point on, um. We really, really uh, became really close with those guys, let me say. Close and, with them, huh? 
Yeah, they loved us. One day I was walking an amp up the stairs. It had a spiral staircase. I'm carrying a Marshall cabinet. And I bump into a guy, and I'm like, watch your back, Jack. And get outside. And Jim's like, I don't know if you should say watch your back, Jack, to one of those guys. So I came in, and I'm like, I said, which guy was it? And he points him out, and I'm like, dude, I meant no disrespect. You know, I got to eat my crow. Yeah, sure. I want to be a good guy. Fucking guy grabs me in a headlock and starts giving me noogies, saying, we love you guys. <laughs> like a little brother. <laughs> Oh, brother. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, that same place, the, the Six and Violence did, I don't know if you're familiar with them. A little bit. I know a couple of their songs. Yeah, they they actually had uh, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull do two tunes, and he was playing at the Garden, and they, they, they arranged a show. And uh, guess who did security? <laughs> I guess somebody from that club. Uh, I guess a lot of people from that club. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they they liked us, man. I used to go with my girlfriend and make out in front of the clubhouse, and they were like, "Yeah, get some, brother." <laughs> yeah, those are. I guess that um the uh that those are those are some guys you do want to have in your corner, whatever you know crew it is. Yeah, definitely, man. They were good people, man. They didn't mean no. Eh, well, yeah, they were good to us. Yeah, they, yeah, you know exactly. That's pretty much that's what you want. They were good to us, so I remember. Um, this is years, years ago, man. I'm on Long Island, and my fr- a friend of mine asked me to go to a tattoo convention. There was this place out here called the the Vanderbilt. It was called, and um, I was like, yeah, I want to go, but I can't. I got something else going on. Turns out that day there was two rival gangs fucking beefed it out, and people were shot and killed and stabbed. So they get serious. Yep. I mean, that's not news. Everyone knows, but it's good to have them in your corner. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good, man. It definitely is good when they're 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 friends. You Don't guys, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> did you guys <clears throat> did you guys play a lot of um a lot of uh, Sunday mat hardcore matinees? No, we did not. We had the wrong hair. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> but uh, you know, I damn, I'm still pissed off. I miss fucking Anthony playing. He's gonna be playing a lot. Uh, he's uh, they, they've they've been playing a lot uh, the last couple months. I mean, they're playing tonight in Jersey. Uh, next uh, next Saturday, they they'll be playing in Brooklyn uh, with that great show with Murphy's Law and and for the benefit for the veterans, which I'll be doing a live podcast from as well. So you could catch them in Brooklyn, and I'm sure they'll be they'll be bad. They're actually a really good band. I'm not just saying that because it's my brother, but they're just a really good band. You know, if they didn't, I'd have to tell him they he stinks, but they don't. So no, they. I've heard I've heard he sent me some of the stuff. It that's that's hardcore, man. That is definitely hardcore. We, you know, maybe the humorous side. I don't know the long hair, the beards. I mean, we were hard, but, you know, were we that hard? Well, you guys, Norman Bates and the Shadowheads, for me personally, you guys are one of my favorite, uh, quote, bands of all time. Not right. hardcore punk band. Right. Dude, you guys are just a good fucking band. Like, you're like, you have like, it's like a hardcore punk 
but you have like a rock and roll soul. Like, I can't really explain it. You guys could do anything, and it sounds fucking great. That Country Roads cover, I don't give a fuck about, who was that, John Denver? Yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck about him, but that song fucking rocks when you guys did it. You know, you know who sang that? The recorded version? That was a, 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 a fucking, uh, oh, God damn, his name just went out of my fucking mind. Holy shit. Uh, he was from Crawl Pappy. You remember them? I know the name. I've never heard them, but I definitely know that name. Yeah, it was Mike Sankowitz. He was in Raw Deal. Um, uh, oh, fuck. Holy shit. Uh, see, that's CRS syndrome. Can't remember shit. Yeah, I got to touch it out myself. Come to me, but uh, yeah, we had him sing it. And that chicken buck at the end was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. I mean, you could you could call yourselves a punk band, you a hardcore punk band, just a punk band. But for me, you just a good fucking band. Like I'm talking like you know Rolling Stones, Beatles, NBSH for me. Thank you for that. I like that. You know, there was one guy. You know, everybody always said explain your music style, and we could never really explain it. There was one guy in a review we read who actually I think. Nailed it. He said it's like the Ramones meets Motorhead. And yeah, yeah. To me, uh, Fast Eddie Clark, the early Motorhead, is one of my favorite bands. I I started getting him into the in the seventies. You know, and it is. That's right. That's good. That's a really good. Uh, that's pretty pretty on point. Yeah. And uh, we had that bouncy beat. Yeah, I love, that's my favorite thing, that, that bounce to be really gets you going. Especially like, you know what, I mean, people have bad days, bad days at work or whatever, and you feel like shit. And this this goes to hardcore music for me in general. If I have a bad day at work, I have like a 20, 30 minute ride home. So right. if I put something on, especially, especially you know, uh, a Norman Bates song that has that fucking beat, that gets me right back in the game, man. It gets me, my spirits get right back up. You know, here we go again. Da, 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 da. I fucking love that shit, man. That's just timeless for me, man. Jay wrote that song. I wrote Only Little Lady. I wrote uh, Show Us How It's Done, Face Never Last Seen a Frown. It was, but I didn't write the whole song. I would see, that's why they call me the riff man, because I would just like sit there and come up with this like obscure riff. And Jim and Jay would look at it and say, What the hell was that? <laughs> They're like, Show me it. And I show it to them. And like, like two weeks later, they'd like have a whole fucking song. That's great. That's where the chemistry was. Was it was definitely Jim and Jay who have passed, unfortunately. Yeah, rest in peace, Jim and Jay. And uh, it's just our guitar styles, you know, just the way we played. You know, I was metal. Jim was, you know, front man, singer, strumming chords. You know. Yeah. And you, and you, and and you know, it, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, and bringing in those sounds and and. And, uh, you know, melding them together really, really came across. And um, when I found out that you guys had something, like, I only knew that first cassette. And then when I found out you guys had another release, right. I was nervous. 
I was like, oh man, it's been so long since I've heard something that I'm I'm scared it's gonna suck. <laughs> and I was so happy it did it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, little reference there. And I I can't tell you how many times I listened to Here We Go Again in in the city. Like that was like my go to the city song, like always. That's so funny. It's about our, our friend Chris, uh, Christine. She used to go on tour with us and sell T-shirts. And Jay wrote a song about her because he used to always go out and drink it in the bars in the city with her. And I think he wanted to be more <laughs> than just friends. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. They're always friends. And, I, and nowadays, now we have phones, so instead of having to remember where I park, I just take a picture of the street corner of the sign. Uh, there's an app for that. <laughs> there is, isn't there? I'm sure there is. It's called Park and Find. I got it. Are you serious? They really got an app for that? There's an app for that. Holy shit. I got CRS. It's all, you just like sit in your car, you turn it on, it tells you where you parked. Exactly. The, the, like, between like three addresses it's close enough here's the here's the fucked up thing i don't even drink anymore and i still can't remember where the fuck the car is <laughs> so I, I, used to, I used to go bar hop and forget it mine's still in the shop oh so what's wrong with the truck it's a truck right yeah it's the computer oh you said that earlier didn't you i i'm hoping i put a new one in and it's not the wiring yeah we'll see I just bought it, which really sucks. Yeah, that's even fucking worse. You still in Queens Village? I'm actually in Belrose, Queens. Oh, yeah, Belrose? I'm living in Queens Village. And, yeah, you know, I, I own the house here. You know, my brother and I. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good over here. <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine lived in Queens Village. I spent a lot of time in Alley Pond Park playing handball, running around, being crazy. Yeah, Alley Pond Park, Creedmoor. Oh, man, Creedmoor. That place fucking... Uh, Yo, did they just let them out in the streets or what? Yeah, we called them Creedmoorians. They had an actual... But they, weren't, they don't let the insane ones out, you know? They shut that place down, though, didn't they? It's still open for business in case we lose our minds. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. The thing about Queens Village was the block he lived on, and um, I haven't been there in, like, he doesn't live there. I don't even remember what street it was. God, it was right by the school. But uh, it, it was, um, his block was, it was as as diverse as you can get. He was white, Irish. There was a, a, a Pakistani, Spanish, uh, a black, and I think, um, uh, like uh, Eskimo, like on the same fucking block. It was real, real mixed up. Oh, my neighborhood's been taken over, uh, believe it or not, by Indians. And I, I have this feeling like uh, in India, when they say go to New York, they have a picture of my house. <laughs> like, oh, shit. They don't have me sitting out there with a bottle of scotch and, and a beer in my hand, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Robbie's block, everybody. Come to Belrose. It's beautiful, my friend. <laughs> my friend. Living there. 
Oh, it's so great. Uh, apparently, my Indian accent is really good because <laughs> 15 years. I went to a fucking, I went to like a corner bodega in Massapequa, uh, Massapequa, Long Island. And um, it was, the, well, it was an Indian guy in there. And I went in there just for some bullshit, like a pack of gum or something. And right. it was like, I, I, next time I go in, I got to record it because my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, my I couldn't fuck. I was like, all right, already with the, my friend, my friend. It was over the top, my friend. It, it's so funny you say that because I used to drive out of my way to pick up my Jay, our bass player, drive him out to Riverhead. I had a house out Well, he still has the house out there. Because Jay couldn't find parking <laughs> once he moved his car. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'd pick him up and drive him out to Riverhead and come back. And it was always like, Hello, my friend. <laughs> Hello, my friend. And one day we pull into the gas station. And I'm like, "Hey, that's hello, my friend." He's like, "I said that's hello, my friend." The guy used to walk into the print shop where I work and go, "Hello, my friend." Oh, <laughs> wow. He like screamed, and I'm like, "Jay, that's hello, my friend." <laughs> that's he has his name. I got out of the car. The guy goes, hello, my friend. <laughs> it was curled up in the wheel well, hysterical. <laughs> Did he get that name? <laughs> what? Is that his, is that his name from, from there? <laughs> and hello, my friend, HMF. I said that to everyone. That's a hell of a fucking trip, boy. Riverhead, shit. Riverhead, yeah. That's way out there. Yeah, 73. And he got to do a little fiddly thing through Old Country Road. Well, it's not really Old Country Road, but it is. And, uh, yeah, Reeves Park. We used to go out there, and back in the day, my friend Mark, let me give a shout-out to Mark Riker, great friend of mine. Uh, I met him early on back in, like, 85. Wow. Five, and I was best man at his wedding. You know, he great guy. Uh, I I couldn't imagine having like a a better. Well, I don't want to say a better friend. Yeah, he's my other friends. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's my best friend. That's awesome, man. You know, it's, you're you're lucky to have someone like that. You know, it's very rare where you you have um, you know, guys you could consider. That are friends that you can consider your family. I'm lucky enough to have a couple guys that I consider family myself, and um, yeah, that's that's great, man. Uh, so, what's your uh, what's your drink of choice, by the way? A lot of talk about alcohol. What do you what do you drink? Are you drinking right now? Of course. What do you got? Uh, Glen Levitt Scotch Single Malt. What is that? That sounds fucking classy as fuck. Twelve years old. I get the Magnum bottle. Hundred bucks a pop. Oh shit. Smooth as silk. And I got a Budweiser to chase it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Different ends of the spectrum. It's, it, I don't know. My dad, back in the day, when I was a, a young boy, young boy, friggin' got me drunk, 11 years old. <laughs> wow. 
He wasn't a drinker. That's what's fucked up. So like, how did that happen? Like what? Well, he just like, you want to try it? I was like, sure. He didn't stop me. And I drank it. It was like fire water. He got me drunk at my brother's, you know, I said it was Jewish, so. My brother's bar mitzvah. Are the burps coming out clear? Wait, was it was it the brand Firewater or was it like Firewater because you burned when you drank it? I burned when I drank it. Oh, okay. You know, it's not the 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 cinnamon shit. It's it's like straight up scotch. Oh my god, scotch at eleven. I I had um, I had some of that uh shiv uh, uh no doers when I was that age too. It was awful. Doers is is. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. And that's what he gave me, by the way. <laughs> Good reference. Oh. Killer, man. <laughs> and what, you kept drinking it? Uh, no. No, of course not. At 11? <laughs> well, because I, I, what I did was I went through my, my, my mom's, my mom and my stepfather's liquor cabinet, and I took the do as a scotch whiskey, and I I filled up a, a, like a little flask that I got from the Salvation Army, and I drank it in gym class. But I just kept drinking it, even though it was horrible. Because, you know, kids are stupid. That's what we used to do. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this dude telling me he would drink vanilla extract. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Dewey's is rougher than what I drink. It, it's smoother. But it's still the same damn thing. Just imagine it not being as bad, but still bad. It's still bad, huh? Nah, not for me. I'm used to it. You know? But you're still drinking the good old American Budweiser, right? I don't I don't believe in fancy beers. I don't I don't need to drink a Sam Adams that I just feel like I shoved a loaf of bread. <laughs> Yeah, no. It's like, oh, geez, I'm I'm fully yeast. I'm gonna get a yeast infection. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. There's like so many, like when I used to drink, I haven't had a drink in like two years. But when I did drink, I was like, I really enjoyed beers. But I was starting to get annoyed with all these different kind of beers: blueberry fall ale and fucking Christmas time this and. Like, I need beer watery. And alcoholy, <laughs> <laughs> alcoholy, <laughs> I like that. And cause I don't go for quality, I go for quantity. Oh, you gotta get some fucking, you gotta get some fucking like uh, some Meisterbrow. Remember that uh, shit, Meisterbrow? Even or not, the first time I went out to Riverhead with my friend, we climbed the tree with a case of Meisterbrow. And we would not leave till we finished it. So it was 12 beers apiece. And then you fell out of the tree. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, give me a fucking... Give, well, me, give me a case of Million Genuine Drift for like 10 bucks. I'm good. Yeah, I just do Budweiser. You know what? It's my brand of choice. It was mine too. Like I would go from like... Uh, I could easily... Again, with the, with the loaf of bread thing, I could have a nice Guinness... Oh. Or, or I can go have some like you know Newcastle or some or some what's that red beer Killian's Irish Red, but I would always come back to Budweiser every time. You know what? 
it's 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 light. It's not a light beer, and it's not like it doesn't have taste. Yeah, it's it's tasty. <laughs> I used to, it especially goes good after a shot of something like a shot of tequila or Jack Daniels. Then you drink some Budweiser. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh. It's a nice complimentary beer. If I could use some uptight fucking shit. That's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who um? What band did you love playing with? Well, I definitely love playing with the Ramones. Um, I definitely love GRI. Um, They're still was, doing it too, by the way. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, you know, for the old school bands, um, you know, we played with Crawl Pappy. We played with, uh, I can't even remember. Um, Crow Pappy, uh, friggin', uh, we played with, uh, every carnation of George Tab's bands, uh, Iron Prostate and Furious George. Um, Iron Prostate is such a great name for a band. <laughs> that is fucking great. I love that. Yeah. And he, he, it was, it was a great band too. Really, you, do you remember the, the, just to ask you real quick, the uh, False Prophets? Don't know them. Really? Have you heard the, uh, we did a cover. George was a great friend of ours, and he got sick from 9-11, and uh, we did a, a tribute album, another compilation out there, Showerheads, Bowman uh, Bates, whatever. Um, we did Taxidermist, which he didn't play on, but it was perfect because Norman Bates was a taxidermist. Right, yeah. And it was like the perfect, perfect song for us to do. I never and heard it. Made it to the album, and it was released, and supposedly all proceeds go to George, but, uh... Uh, you know, but he got really sick because Giuliani said the air is great to breathe. Yeah. Oh, the fucking all that dust and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a fucking shame, man. I gotta, I gotta call him. I haven't even thought about that. Where do I find that song? Do you know where I can get it? Going to uh, No Base in the Shower Heads, Flash. Stuff, you know, hash, uh, whatever they call it. It's just, it's a fucking, uh, the, the normal slash, not the, the other. I'll try either one of them. Norman Bates in the showheads dot com slash stuff. Yeah, right, cool. Gotta check that out. It'd be a folder. If you want to play it, I'd love to hear it. And you know what I usually do is I usually ask my guests to pick a song to end the show with. You want to go with that one? I would love to. That would be great. Uh, I feel like um, we already did an hour. I feel like we didn't even talk about anything. We didn't even scratch the surface. This is great. What a fun time talking to you, man. I want to do it again already. Dude, I got stories out my ass. That's great. Um, I usually just do about, about an hour show, so we're going to uh, wrap this up. 
Um, I think we got to do it again, like really soon. Wait, <laughs> not my phone number, not my text. Just hit me up, man. Give me a time. If it's good for me, I'd I'd love to do it again. Oh, my fucking dog's bothering me. Uh, it's probably gonna go out. Uh, it's a cat who thinks he's a dog. <laughs> You know what? We I was just talking to my man Paulie Nugent. Big shout out to Paulie Nugent. He was saying the same thing. His his cat acts just like a dog, which is the best kind of cats, by the way. Yeah, he's good. He's a good. He's probably all eighteen pounds of him. He's not fat. He's just big. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what all the fat girls say. And I he's in forest cat. <laughs> he's growing out of his feet and ears. <laughs> Whim. I throw him in the bathtub. He don't give a shit. Oh, he, he don't mind. Yep. Usually, cats fucking. You throw a cat in the bathtub. It's like they got electrocuted. Uh, he lays in the bathtub after I take a shower. Nice. Likes the water, I guess. There was a um, bat in a. Uh, I live on Long Island, right? So there's a fucking like a like a monster in the backyard making like growling, making some sick fucking satanic sounds and shit. So I'm thinking it's probably just a possum or something. So there's a cat, a stray cat that runs around here. And um, the fucking thing had all sorts of battle scars on it and all sorts of wounds and shit. So I'm thinking these things are fighting it out like every night. Possum. Finally, we fucking, we found it. The thing where there was a giant possum and my girl's brother just shot it. I tried to catch a baby one in my my backyard. (laughs) One of them is a and this thing was going to chew my fingers off. Oh, yeah. They don't give a fuck. They got balls, too. They won't even run away in nothing. That was a baby one. He was tiny. I was like trying to grab him. He's running back and forth. I didn't give a shit. I was like... What were you, <laughs> you going to do? You're going to house break, house break him? Yeah. Fucking uh, pet possum. That's the strangest thing I ever heard. You're going to have to give him a name and everything. What would you what would you name a possum anyway? Pete? Petey? Uh, I think I lost you. Alright, I think I lost him. Alright, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up anyway. Um I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear him. But Oh, I think I got you there for a second. Alright, Rob, we're gonna wrap it up anyway. Um I want to thank you for doing the show, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, we 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 barely even scratched the surface, so we got to do it again. Maybe when my voice is back, <clears throat> when my voice is better, we'll do it again. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. You want to give any uh, last shouts? You want to plug? Uh, are you in any bands now? You want to plug website, social uh, media? Out to all my friends. No redeeming social value. Endangered feces. Of course, all the guys from Six and Violence. The Ramones, God bless them. And all my friends and people who supported me. And people like you that have become my brothers. We don't have friends. Well, now wait a minute. That's wrong. We don't have fans. We have friends. Thanks, Robbie. I really appreciate it. Anytime, man. Just hit me up. Do it again.
Never gets you up When problems come knocking at my door